Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ritmaster, and with me tonight, recording the Diz Dads Podcast Plus, are my trusty co-hosts, Tim Hicks. There's a snake in my boots. And Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. We are recording this episode on the evening of October 19th, 2021, which means that we're recording on uh, the launch day of Disney Genie Plus and Lightning Lane at Walt Disney World. So um, in a minute, we are going to go into a discussion of how that launch went and a little bit of, of, you know, uh, checking ourselves, right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, what we expected. Um, We're going to talk about how it looks like it rolled out as of this first day. Um, But before we do that, we do need to thank our podcast sponsors, Diz Dads Podcast Plus is sponsored by Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. Both are authorized Disney vacation planners who would love to help make sure that your family gets the most out of your next Disney destination vacation. Uh, you know, Disney may try to tell you that the genie can figure it out for you with its amazing AI. Um, we're here to tell you that the facts say otherwise. <laughs> That's another starter. As we will talk about shortly, um, the need for uh, human intervention and really more than anything else, uh, somebody working with you on your plans who really cares primarily about your interests and your priorities and what's most important to you is the real value here. So um, with that kind of an intro, uh, let's let's talk about sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly of of. Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. And to be fair, overall, as launches go, this was really probably smoother than most. I mean, I saw some people trying to take exception with it, but I really feel like the people who were criticizing it were not at Walt Disney World at all during the first month or so that uh, FastPass Plus was live. Right. I would. Yeah, I totally Uh, agree. Um, you know, FastPass Plus was glitches left and right, and and especially problems with parties getting split up and ghost accounts, and it was ugly. Um, there were some some issues though, so maybe we should start with the ugly. Um, so just based on what you're hearing, guys, because you know none of us were there in the parks today. We're all working just based on on what we heard from our contacts who were, um, but. You know, what What was your impression? What were the things that really didn't work like they were supposed to with um, Genie Plus or, or maybe worked like they were supposed to, but was not favorable? The first thing I would say is I wish they had updated the app a few days ago instead of this morning. The app basically was, I think it went live at midnight last night. My app at 7 a.m. was 
live, but it was a complete overhaul of the app, which was great. But if you're on vacation and you don't, and you're not using Wi-Fi and you don't know to update your app, you could be literally lost because it's a whole new app. If you look at it, it's totally different and makes it very challenging for a lot of people. I mean, what do you think? There's probably 80,000 people at the resorts right now. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think that, 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 that was the biggest probably issue that more than anything else is Disney holding the app to the last minute. And then, you know, everybody having to update right at that last minute and some people having problems with it, both because, you know, they needed to do the update. And I think in some ways, the people who struggled with it the most were the people who were more experienced, right? Who were used to using my Disney experience without Genie Plus because so many pieces of the interface changed that things weren't where they expected them to be or didn't work like they expected them to be. So, folks, take a look at your phone apps, and if your Disney World app does not show the 50th uh, celebration uh, icon, then you need to open it up and update your app. I have done that. So, um, yeah, it, it is. It, it, there are some things that are, are very similar to what they were before, but um, not. It, it, there, there's been some definite uh, restructuring. Yeah, now I just checked on mine because I hadn't updated mine yet. I did this on purpose. And if you open the app and you haven't updated yet, um, the app knows that, right? It knows that the new right. release is out and it gives you a warning and says, hey, update your app. Um, just as it's launching great. before you even log in. Which yeah. is great. But if you're not on Wi-Fi and you don't have a ton of data, oh yeah, this, this app is That's not small. Right. Like, it, it it took a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people have you know unlimited data, but there's not ever not everyone has it, and no. and if you're in the parks, thinking, well, okay, so now I'm in the parks, I need to update my app. Uh, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get yeah, yeah. Right. troubles. Or if you're in the room that Michaela and I were in this summer at Caribbean Beach was like, which was like the the black hole of all wireless signals, <laughs> where we couldn't get a reliable Wi-Fi. Or cell signal. You were really in them. Yeah. I well, mean, it was coming and going and, and we couldn't keep connection and it would have been a nightmare trying to update. We would have had to go, you know, walk to the main building and, and update just from to the update. Wi-Fi there. But you get the real feeling of you know being out in the Caribbean, right? Got no cell. Got <laughs> right. no there you go. Unreliable phone ah. service. Must be in the Caribbean. Um all right. So that that was probably the biggest sort of structural thing that, that was a problem. Um, there were a few implementation issues, maybe we'll call them or whatever that we, we kind of talked about in, in our last show, the thing that that could really throw wrenches in this and we dealt with it. Um, I believe according to the most recent count I saw um, rise of the resistance went down three times today. Yikes. Now I saw um I, I was watching the day that um Rise went to the standby queue only. I was watching uh, my app to see what the wait times were. And at first the wait times were like two and a half, three hours. And then uh, I realized that that's because the ride went down um early. So once they got it back up and running, the the standby time really was I think 75 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. That's that's not long for 
for what you're talking about here. Right. For a headliner, that's yeah. not that long a wait, yeah. especially because it's a pretty immersive queue if you really look around. Yeah. The problem is that when that ride goes down like that and you've sold uh, lightning lane passes to people right. at, at $15 a pop, right? The most expensive lightning lane on property today. Um, you know, it, it's a tough game because you have to give those people absolute priority, which means that the standby line pretty much waits until the lightning lane empties. Yeah, that's that's problematic. And it's something we've talked about on the show before, too, is how are they going to handle this when uh, either either if it's uh, Genie Plus or an, uh, an individual attraction selection? Um, right. it, you, yeah, figuring that out, I think they still haven't quite got it figured out. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, and and I even asked the question flat out. Um, you know, what are they going to do with with people who who you know purchase a lightning lane access and the attraction goes down? And they still, you know, just a week ago, couldn't give me a straight answer. I saw something in a group today where they will give you a different ride if you're in the park, or they will refund you your money. Nothing personal, but refunding my money isn't kind of that great because you know if you'd been at animal kingdom all morning and you just bought the individual attraction you went all the way over to hollywood studios for nothing well that's just it and that's going to be the problem is that that the you know the guest recovery for a missed individual lightning lane selection is going to be a problem because there isn't a way to make it right there just isn't um you know, especially if it's a situation like that where you've you've park hopped in order to take advantage of the ride. Well, the other thing is, I mean, there's a huge difference in Mickey and Minnie and um, Rise of the Resistance. You know, they'll give you that or Slinky Dog, and you're like, well, that's great, but it's not the same. Right. They're well, two yeah, I mean, totally different. Not only different experience, different audience, different, and and frankly, for you know, if you're looking at it. In terms of the individual lightning lanes, it's a different cost. You know, yeah. rise is fifteen dollars. Right. Runway railway is half that. It's eight. Mm-hmm. So you know, giving me an eight dollar attraction when I paid for a fifteen dollar attraction, that's not really. That no, you give me yeah, a refund and give me Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, I don't have a maybe. problem. Maybe unless I've I mean, because if the ride's going to be down all day, again, I mean, that's that's yeah, the. But problem that's just say so you don't know if it's going to be down all day, right? Right, right. So but I mean, you know, when that ride goes down, it's forty-five closely. minutes. We're going to be watching that closely because th- that's going to continue to be an issue, and you know, it, it's one of the challenges because looking at this, a number of the rides that are um, individual lightning lane attractions are also attractions that sometimes have, uh, you know, operational challenges. So. We'll watch that. Um, this might be a good time to do a quick review of what the opening day pricing was for those individual lightning lane selections. Um, see, what I've got here is that in Hollywood Studios, we had Rise of the Resistance for $15, Runaway Railway for $8. Um, over in Epcot, now this one is very interesting to me. In Epcot, they had the brand new uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure for $9 the same exact price as frozen ever after it was also nine dollars um in magic kingdom uh space mountain was seven dollars seven dwarfs mine train was ten dollars 
And uh, over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, um, Flight of Passage was $11, and Expedition Everest was $7. Um, so, you know, now that we have some actual price points for the first time, um, this would be a good time to maybe talk a little bit about what we think about the value of, you know, these particular lightning lanes. And, and you know, to some extent, for me to ask the question, you know, other than the kind of, of you know, uh, variation in price, how much does the exact price matter to you? I mean, is there a point at which you say, you know, if it's less than this much, I'd buy an individual lightning lane, but hey, if it's more than this much, there's no way? That's a fair question because if you've got Rise at 15, but you've got Genie Plus at 15, are you going to, you know, try to do both? Uh, are you going to choose? Um, how much does $15 matter to you? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's what, what's the, what's the value proposition? Yeah. I just don't know where I'm going to draw the line because like I was saying, you know, before we got on the air, Aaron, if it's just me and you at the park and we just want to do flight of passage really quick, it's 11 bucks. That's a beer. But right. if it's me and my family, it's 44 bucks plus tax. So now, now we're talking about lunch. So, right. and you're not going to forego lunch. No. So like now it's like, how bad do we want to do things? Right. And, and, and what is that not having to wait in line worth to us? Right. Because that's really what it comes down to. Um, I also think it's interesting and frankly, a little annoying. I, I get that it's not Disney's choice that they have to charge tax for this, mm -hmm. but for this kind of a, a thing where they're asking guests to essentially make a decision on the fly, is it too much to ask that they actually include the tax in, in the price, the price that they list? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, like it would, you know, these are variably priced anyway, like it matters that much to them. Right. Whether, Couldn't it be 1069 plus the tax to make it 11 right. instead of 1182? Exactly. This is what right. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Come on, Disney. <laughs> um, yeah, it just makes more sense. Um, I mean, so one of the things that I think is a little striking looking at this is that first of all, it seems that they're really clustering the pricing right around ten dollars, right? So right. Uh, if you're trying to figure an, an average, at least during this time of of year, I mean, we'll see if this pricing continues the rest of this week, but. Um, you know, that seems to me to be a reasonable estimate in terms of if you're trying to budget, right, mm -hmm. for this slower season, about 10 bucks per attraction looks to be a, a way to, to guesstimate on Lightning Lane. Um, and, and frankly, that's less. When I was doing my, you know, guesses on pricing, you know, to try to do the comparison, I think we talked about it a little bit when we talked about it before about yep. comparing it to the cost of adding Park Hopper to your reservation. Um you know, when I was doing it that way, I was actually estimating lightning lane attractions at $15 on average a piece. Um, so if the average is only $10 a piece, then there's no question that adding Genie Plus and lightning lane is a less expensive upgrade to your reservation than adding park hopping. That may be true, but let's see what happens. I mean, today is Tuesday, so uh, you figure that's mm, 
relatively the slowest day of the week, but let's see what happens as the week progresses. Is it going to, are those prices going to bump up when you get to Friday, Saturday? Well, I'm thinking more, what are we going to do in uh, four weeks when it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and New Year's? And Well, it's going to be more than that. We're going to see, first of all, I think we're going to see much more daily variation in this than we see in ticket pricing, right? Because, Because they're really... And we've talked about this before, but I don't think there's any question that that all of this Genie Plus stuff is about manipulating guest behavior in the parks. And so if they're if they're going to use this to manipulate behavior, they have to have larger price differences on a daily basis if that's what they need to move the crowd. Um, so for example, I fully expect that the individual lightning lane attractions in Magic Kingdom on on uh, Halloween, right, where Magic Kingdom is already full. Right. Right. I'm going to guess those prices are going to be up at least five bucks each, um, you know, because because they're going to use that to try to, to manipulate guest behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe while we're on the subject of manipulating guest behavior, we ought to talk a little bit about, you know, what we've seen so far uh, with regard to the, the posted wait times or the wait times that are being referenced in Genie Plus and you know, how accurate they might be. Well, that's something we've talked about before too. Some, you know, the, the posted wait times are, are another way to manipulate the guest uh, behavior. So is that going to ring true into the genie app or are they going to actually be telling us the truth? Uh, good question. From what I've seen today, they were overestimating all the wait times by up to double on mini rounds. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that- and, and the, the the more the 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 more popular an attraction is, the the more they tend to overestimate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched Big Thunder for a good portion of the day and another site was quoting 12 minutes on average for the wait and they were quoting 30 to 45 all day makes you wonder though if that's trying to again manipulate the guest behavior into saying okay these weights are really long so you really want to try genie plus mm-hmm. you really well, want to fork over the 15 dollars so you can do that right oh it's absolutely that it's both mm-hmm. things right it's two things it's one helping to convince guests that there's value in genie plus and two it's convincing guests not to get in the line at big thunder because when they post the wait at 45 minutes it's not that the wait is actually 45 minutes it's that they're trying to avoid the wait getting to 45 minutes right Right. they can send people to country bears instead uh then they'll keep the line from ever getting to that length and the people who do go ahead and get in line even though it says 45 minutes will be thrilled when they actually mm-hmm. ride and it's only 20 minutes well i mean you i mean you can really do the math if you're smart when you walk into big thunder sure i mean you can walk up and you'll know if it's 20 minutes or if it's going to be 8 minutes cuz if you see the zigzags, you know you're in for a wait. But when you start just walking and walking and walking and walking, next thing you know, you're going down the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're in for a quick ride. Um, and and I think um, too, one of the things that I found interesting is, um, you know, Disney talked about 
sort of before they launched Genie Plus, they they bragged about this tip board function that was going to forecast future wait times. Um, did you all see what what they're actually doing? You know how they're doing the the forecast wait time estimates? No, I didn't. All right, so it's very interesting. It's a bar graph that starts at park opening and goes to park close, and the bars are the relative wait time, but the Length of time the bars is measuring is not labeled. Right. I did hear about this. So I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Providing is a relative wait time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they're manipulating again. Right. But exactly. not giving you enough information to make decisions. Right. Because, you know, I'm looking at a forecast wait time right now for, uh, you know, let's see if this tells me which attraction. Hang on. All right, for Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a, a you know, I'm looking at the um, forecast wait time for the day for Haunted Mansion. But, you know, the the longest wait is at 3 o'clock. Ooh, okay, I could have told you that. Um, but, you know, that line is, you know, I've got to try to look at it and guess. Well, gee, is it twice as tall as the line at 10 a.m.? Is it three times as long? If the wait at 10 a.m. is five minutes and it's three times as long at 3 p.m., that's still only 15 minutes. Right. It's uh, all you know, relative. H- how useful is that? It's not. That's the problem. Not at but, all. And how are you going to look at it on your phone? Right. It's even harder on your phone. Right. You, you I mean, you're going to look at it and go, oh, it doesn't look too bad. You know, you see this or you see this. I mean, what, what did I do? I just moved my finger, but, you know. It's hard to know what that means. Right. Um, Now, um, a a couple of things that came up, you know, with the first day and and what, what people were, were talking about in terms of, of using genie plus using lightning lane. So one of the big things that, um, you know, people were commenting on, and I think it's good to to remind people of um, People were making a big deal about the fact that you could only use um, Genie Plus to, you know, ride an attraction once. Which, by the way, is the same rule that was already in place for Fast Pass mm-hmm. Plus, but people don't remember that. Right. Um, so, what a lot of people have said is, look, use the standby queues in the morning earlier, when the lines are always shorter anyway, and then grab your Genie Plus time and you can ride a second time. So a lot of those rewrite issues are solved by just doing a little advanced planning um, and not relying on on the app to take care of the rewrite for you, is I guess what I would say. Well, it's also just people want to complain. There's that. <laughs> it's, it's different. They don't like change. It's not what they, they were expecting. Like, it's not in their Disney mindset. It's... Well, and we were having a conversation earlier. Uh, my family and I were talking about. Uh, they they're, they're like, "Oh, I, I pay so much to get into the park already. I'm never going to, you know, pay the extra money for the Genie Plus and and the individual attractions." But again, we're talking about what is your time worth? So, right. yeah. And what's the alternative? I mean, look, there are times where, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. I, I don't have any problem waiting in line at well i mean even even flight of passage right tim likes to sleep in 
I don't mind, especially once during the trip, getting up early, being it at Animal Kingdom, you know, 45 minutes early so I can get in 30 minutes early so that I can go to get in the standby line at Flight of Passage because I like the line. You know, I think that that queue has a lot of fun things to look at. Um, I enjoy that the morning in Animal Kingdom. I'm cool with that. So, you know, I don't need to pay the $11, but it also means that I can do that ride standby and do the one thing that I've wanted to do, but haven't done because I haven't been willing to get into a, you know, two and a half hour line later in the day in Animal Kingdom. Because what I can do instead is buy an individual lightning lane. And because I can pick my return time, I can pick a time that allows me to walk through Pandora at night to get on the attraction, which is something I've always wanted to do, but never done because I wasn't willing to wait in that super long standby. Well, you're not going to wait three hours to get on a line. Exactly. And that line never stopped. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's one of those lines that, you know, they stop letting people get in the line when the park mm-hmm. closes and the line continues to go for another half hour hours. or so, at least sometimes longer um, after park close. We were there during the pandemic in April. And yes, they were spreading people out six feet. But the line, when we thought about getting in, was at Lion King. It's crazy. All the way across the bridge. All the way across the bridge. Yes, people were spread out. And they kept saying, oh, the wait's only 80 minutes. And I'm like, it's not 80 minutes because the line goes all the way through the whole mountains. Yeah. But we waited right. 55 one time. Um. So, so let's talk a little bit more uh, about sort of functionality and and what what we saw from people um in terms of of you know the the impact on uh wait times any um thoughts based on things that you heard uh, about either attractions that were particularly heavily affected or ones that um you know kind of helped make the case for genie plus i have one that makes a case not to use it and that's everest Everest was um, running at 10 minutes most of the day. And by the time you bought your lightning lane and walked through the line, you were basically waiting 10 minutes. So it's kind of a waste of money. And I hate to say it, but Everest isn't really the best use of a lightning lane because it has single rider line. Now, are we sure? Was the single single rider line open today well, I, I don't know but i mean like i don't i, I don't know about that part but right if it if it's open there's no way i would pay because i right. mean i've done single rider where they say it's 30 minutes and i've been on in 10 or 12 right i agree um i don't care who i sit next to when i pick my nose as i go down the hill <laughs> <laughs> it's not me especially for the camera yeah, yeah exactly how about you tim any particular attractions that you noticed kind of one way or the other feedback on no what 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 i did notice and and we haven't really talked about just the genie service without the genie plus you know people were talking about well if genie is going to plan my day by saying oh you should hit country bear jamboree because you know it's a short wait then totally not worth it now i don't think that came true but i did hear people saying that for the recommendations it was um uh, more serving disney than it was serving the customer um, I did hear that comment a couple of times. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of Prince Regal uh, carousel. 
They kept trying to get people to get on the carousel. On the carousel. And and the magic carpets. Magic carpets, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think about it, in each case, it's an attraction that A takes some time, right? Because it loads fairly slowly. And B is very near a at least one high traffic popular attraction, right? Or really at least two. I was gonna say two. Right, because because carousel is basically right between Mine Train and Peter Pan. Yep. And, and Small World's not that unpopular. Well, and Small World too. But but Small World eats people. So right. you know, that's not as big an issue. But then on the other side, um Aladdin is right there between Jungle Cruise and, and Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. And so, you know, Genie is doing everything it can to try and bleed people out of those lines and move mm-hmm. them over to something that's going to take them some time to finish. Um, I was just hoping it would send people to the Tiki Room to really confuse people. <laughs> I don't think many people even know that what the Tiki Room is. Right. Well, that, well, that may be true. And and look, to some extent, I, I don't have a problem with the fact that that the genie suggestions might encourage people to check out some attractions that they may have been blowing off. Right. That's not necessarily a bad thing. However, I don't think there's any question that the value of these suggestions, at least now, and who knows, it's supposed to be an AI system. So maybe it'll tune and get better over time, but for now, at least um, are, are just sort of manifestly awful. I mean, there's no reason that there's any, there's no logical reason that anyone should ever be suggested to go and watch Muppet Vision 3D at Rope Drop at Hollywood Studios. Correct. <laughs> exactly. And it did do that. I saw that. Uh-huh. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that someone's one. like, why am I going to the Muppets? Like, it should be sending you to Tower. It should be, but. Yeah. Right. If, and, and even if, if I it's. Could- if even if it's having to redirect you from, you know, the the huge headliner attractions, I mean, at least send people to you know Star Tours, Star Tours, right? There you a go. popular attraction, but a people eater, or you know, I mean, heck, even Alien Spinning Saucer, like I mean, it's <laughs> now terrible. you're going too far. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the thing is, if the the principle is you're supposed to be able to input the the, the rides and attractions that you really want to do. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm really going to want to do the carousel of progress. Okay. So I'm going to put that in there. But if you, if you go to the trouble to put that information in there and then it still doesn't even give you anything that resembles your wish list, that that's not value at all. Well, that's the thing that we talked about. Like, I mean, if you put in pirates, jungle cruise, splash mountain, space mountain, haunted mansion, Peter Pan, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space, Buzz Lightyear. I mean, where are they going to send you? They they can only send you to, to I mean, I don't want to call them the Dumbo. duds, but. No, they send you to Dumbo, right? Dumbo and the cars. and mm-hmm. Well, but, but see, that's a part of the problem is that the way the app appears to be handling the things that you tell it you like is to have its own categories of quote unquote similar attractions, Right. So if you say that you like Carousel of Progress, then it's going to come back and suggest that you go to Country Bear Jamboree and Tiki Room because mm-hmm. it seems that you like shows. There you go. I, right? Or it, I can you, follow that logic, sure. Yeah. Um, but it may have nothing to do with the fact that you like shows. It's that you like 
the Disney history of right. <laughs> Carousel of Progress, but it's making its own assumptions about why you like the attraction. Um, you know, making maybe, assumptions without asking me. Huh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, look, if you like Hall of Presidents, because that's where you take your afternoon nap out of the heat, it, you don't want it to suggest you a bunch of other shows shows that you know either aren't as well air conditioned or are too short to get a nap in or you know whatever other reason um and and similarly you know if you've got a small kid and so you put in there that you love seven dwarfs mine train you know it's going to suggest probably you know barnstormer, barnstormer and, yep. and big thunder well depending on the size of the kid and the experience the kid has with roller coasters you may not want to be anywhere near Barnstormer and Big Thunder because the only reason you got them on Seven Dwarfs is because the swinging cars kept them from getting thrown into the side of the of the roller coaster car. Mm-hmm. Well, and the ride's over before you even get on. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean, there are lots of reasons. The, the the I mean, the seats just work better for small kids. I remember that my son, the first time we went on uh, on Big Thunder was terrified because when we put the lap bar down, you know, it's one lap bar across both seats. And when he was, you know, three and we were riding him for the first time uh-huh. and we could have probably put his whole body in the space that my thigh takes up. So right. Right. he was essentially unrestrained. Well, that's one of the reasons I don't like seven dwarfs. Oh yeah. I can't but put see, my for him, it was perfect because for him to ride seven doors, he felt secure exactly. right? so he could enjoy the attraction. Right. It's designed for kids, not designed for elephants like myself. <laughs> <laughs> but when you match an elephant with a, 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 a four-year-old. Yeah. Thank you. With, yeah, that's, it doesn't work. So, so far we've mostly been talking about impact on individual lightning lane attractions. There's one last one here that I think bears um, some mention and discussion. And then I think we probably should move on to talking a little bit more about the, the genie plus service itself. But um, you know, one thing that's interesting to me, uh, as I mentioned in the, you know, we first talked about pricing, you know, the, the Remy's Ratatouille adventure uh, individual lightning lane was only $9, which surprised me. I expected that to be higher. That surprised me too. Um, But one of the things that um, that I was hearing is that a lot of people found that that individual lightning lane was still worth it because it's the way, you know, with a new attraction and wanting to really get the whole experience, um, it was a way to ride twice because you could get the, um, it had the a virtual, virtual queue, queue so uh-huh. you could get in your virtual queue. And then as soon as you got in the virtual queue, go ahead and get an individual mm-hmm. lightning lane for later in the day. Um, and you get the chance to ride twice without ever having to wait in a, you know, really bad, long standby line. Out in the and they sun. kept the price where people will buy it. Yeah. And, and who, you know, look, far be it for me to claim to be smarter than Disney. My guess is that they fully knew that and they're doing it because it drives people to the new ride. Well, of course. I mean, and once you get that far into the park, you're buying drinks, you're buying food. I mean, mm-hmm. Both both of those rides are as far in the park as you can go, basically, for almost. a ride. Almost. You, yeah, you almost. could go. You could. You could go. No, to, no, for uh, rides. Well, unless you're coming from the resorts and and you know. Oh no, I guess no. I guess no. That's true. Frozen is past. Frozen is past yeah, yeah, three, three caballeros. Yep. Now that said, the nine dollars for Frozen Ever After is probably an even better deal 
than the $9 for Remy's because so far from what I've seen, the impact on your wait time is greater at Frozen Ever After than almost any other attraction. Mm. Um, I mean, that line the just dies down a couple of times, but. But Frozen just, it, it must be the slowest loading ride known to man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't either, and, but it's a slow loading attraction. And the line is for being Always an attraction long. that's mostly indoors. Mm-hmm. It's remarkably uncomfortable. The The air movement in that line is yes. just really poor. Yes, it always, always has been. stuffy in there. It was that way when it was Maelstrom. I mean, it was, yeah, it's right. just a. Well, yeah. you're on top of yeah. each other, just zigzagging uh-huh. through the dark room. Right. But, but like when you're in that kind of a line at Pirates, there seems to always be a breeze going by you. Right. You just don't get that sense in the line at Frozen. Right. Which is very true. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a, a great value for your individual lightning lane, Frozen Ever After is it, man. Nine bucks. Well, it's also, it saves you from having to run into the parks. Right. You can, you can, you can go do, you know, Soarin' or Test Track, take your time, and then go over and do the ride, and then do World Showcase. Well, that's the thing. So, I almost feel like Epcot is the upside-down park compared to all the other parks, right? Because at Epcot, it's the one park where it seems to me that... Individual lightning lane, both individual lightning lanes are pretty good values at nine bucks a piece. And Genie Plus is pretty much useless yep. in Epcot because yep. oh, yeah. the differential of what you're waiting is so small that, you know, it's just not worth it. I mean, I, I saw people posting today that, you know, they, they use Genie Plus to ride Soren and the posted wait was 24 minutes and their wait in lightning lane was 20 minutes. Wow. Was so, test track any different? Uh, test track was similar. Okay. Wow. Uh, maybe a little more, you know, a little bit more variation, but um, I just feel like the way things are currently at Epcot, at least, um, you know, you get really good value out of those individual lightning lanes, probably not so much out of genie plus. And the best part is for a while now, it's felt like at, at Epcot, it was the last park left where you still were were essentially doing fast pass running, right? Because yeah. you would have to dash to the back of the park to mm-hmm. ride the attractions that were the most popular and then work your way back towards work, the front. Work your way back in. Mm-hmm. Um, which was especially annoying if you were staying at a Skyliner resort, because then to go back to your resort, you had to work your way back to the back again. <laughs> uh-huh. You're going backwards to go forwards to go backwards. Exactly. Right. And I, you know, I mean, I always felt like i was walking three times as far at epcot as i was at every other park and you do that anyway it's a you know it's a fairly big spread out park i mean we know what it stands for every person comes out tired (laughs) (laughs) in that case it should be epcot every person comes out drunk yeah um no that's exactly what i was gonna say is when they put when they put la cava on lightning lane then it's worth it right (laughs) That's one of the hardest, hardest seats yes, to is. get. You're right. You're not wrong at all. My agent was there Saturday or Sunday. She said there were 200 people in line to get into La Cava. <sighs> wow. Wow. Um, so uh, anyway, so, so I think that that's a, an important thing to, to notice is to see what the impact is on the, the, 
rest of the park in terms of, of what impact Lightning Lane has on actual standby wait times because, you know, I, I do get the sense that at Magic Kingdom, at uh, Hollywood Studios, at, at Animal Kingdom, um, maybe a little bit less Animal Kingdom, but certainly at, at Magic Kingdom and at Hollywood Studios, you're going to get some real value out of Genie Plus. Yep. They just appear at this point to be not nearly as many people, you know, using Genie Plus as we're using FastPass Plus back in the day. And so that lightning lane is moving even faster than the uh, than the FastPass Plus Plus lines were moving. FastPass Plus didn't cost anything. Well, exactly. Yeah, I was well, it, some, it, it did cost something. It was built into the ticket price, but right. yeah, now it's just an add-on that isn't built into the ticket price. Yeah. Well, I was well, telling somebody um, a couple of days ago. You know, hey, you know, they were like, "I've got three days uh, to be in the parks." What do you recommend? And I said, well, you know, you're going to be best off, in my opinion, if if what you want is to, you know, go, com- you know, commando mode and ride everything you can ride, then uh, you're you're really well served to do Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios with Genie Plus both days. And then on your third day, uh, spring for the park hopper option and do uh, Animal Kingdom first so you can do the safari and flight of passage early. And then flip over to Epcot so you can um, uh, catch some of that stuff and see Harmonious at the end of the day. So that there's there's ways to build this out where it works to your advantage. Well, and, and I think that what it gets us back around to is what we were talking about when we did the show introducing the concept of Genie Plus. And that is that for all we can complain about it, number one, it's it's the system. So, you know, it's silly to complain. We might as well just get used to it because it's mm-hmm. what's there. Um, but that really the the value of it is that it adds an extra layer of customization and personalization to the the way that you experience the parks. You get to you you know it used to be Disney said there was this one way that you could expedite access to attractions, and you know you had to build your trip around this one way. Mm-hmm. And now Disney says, well. Really, there are all these, you know, multiple different ways, and you can choose what's important to you and what fits your style best. So, like when we were kids, it's choose your own adventure books. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Take page thirty-seven instead of fifty-four. Right. And it's it's it all comes down to the time value of money, right? Uh, or the money value of time, as it were. Um, <laughs> That's really, that, but also, yeah, I, mean, I just coined something that I think is really the best interpretation of it is what's the money value of time, depending on what you're wanting to do. Right. I mean, and, and it's, it's how, how do you adapt your planning? Cause I think a lot of people were stuck on, this is the way, you know, people who are veteran Walt Disney world guests or people who were basing their decisions on their friends who had already been Disney guests. And saying, this ruined my trip because my friend said to do X, Y, Z, and now I can't do that. And the answer is, okay, well, first of all, why did you want to do X, Y, Z, right? And there might be a better way to do that now. And in some cases, it might actually cost you less, right? I mean, there are some times when 
you can get by with Genie Plus and Lightning Lane instead of Park Hopper. There right. are days when you exactly. can do fewer park days and get more attractions in because you park hop and leverage the way you use Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane, especially. Right. I mean, you could do it. I mean, if you did a three day trip like you were just talking about, Tim, you could do two individual attractions at three parks. Mm-hmm. You don't, you obviously can't go to four parks because you don't need to park up, but you could really crush Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, and Magic Kingdom with those three parks. Well, like I said, though, if, if you're only doing uh, Genie Plus on the two days, you know, with the days that you're devoting the entire day to uh, Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, and then you don't have Genie Plus on day three, but you use Park Hopper and you buy the uh, the Lightning Lane passes to the things that you really, uh, like we've said before, you feel like your vacation would be ruined if you don't get to do this. Right. If I right. don't get to get on Rise, uh, it, it's just a wasted trip. Then that's that's good planning and good use of um, uh, of the options that are available to you. And that's really what it's about is figuring out what is the best use of the options that are available. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we probably should circle back a little bit to, to things that, um, you know, didn't work so well. So we talked about the fact that, you know, there, the issue with rise going down created some problems. That's going to be an issue any day, right? Cause there's always attractions mm-hmm. going down and you know, that that's just going to be something we're going to have to watch carefully and see how they handle guest recovery on that. Um, aside from that, a few things that probably would be things to, to keep in mind, in addition to making sure your, your app is updated. That's a big one. Um, if you're somebody who's been to the parks a lot, you've probably heard us recommend this before, but go into your, my Disney experience. And if you have more than three or four magic bands, starting with the oldest one, go through and deactivate as many as you can up until maybe the most recent three or four. Um, We know for relative certainty that if you have eight or more magic bands in your account as active, you will have problems because the way Disney's system works, it has to load all of your magic bands every time it references your use of your privileges. So when you go through that lightning lane that you've purchased, their system has to match up all of your possible magic bands that you might be scanning to get access to the attraction. If you have more than mag- than eight, um, the system is probably going to time out. Wow. I had not thought about that at all. That's a- AKA crash. Yeah. Well, it doesn't crash. It just won't find it because right. it won't be able to get everything loaded before its seek time is up and so you get the spinning blue instead of green Mm -hmm. interesting so even though you know i've taken all of my old magic bands and linked them together and made them out into a a christmas tree wreath (laughs) i still need to go deactivate them yeah and you know it won't time out every time sometimes you'll get lucky right you can go in and then you can't leave the park or you can't buy a drink yeah, the, the more magic bands you have connected to your account, especially once you hit around eight, um, the more problems you're going to have and the more it, it, the harder it is to clean up. So that's, that's, I think, why a lot of the people that 
ran into problems on the first day were some of those folks who are super park veterans who have, mm-hmm. you know, big magic band collections. A desk drawer full of them. Yep. Yeah. That's why Disney got rid of the free magic bands. That's a piece of it. <laughs> it could be. I have no doubt it's a piece of it. I mean, after seeing what we went through with with the Terry Hawkins Magic Band nightmares, um, I mean, I'll never forget at the you know the we had a Diz Dads Club convention, um, the the same week that they went live with uh, with Fast Pass Plus, right? So the oh. week that Magic Bands went live in January was a Diz Dads Club convention week, and. Terry had an issue. We, I think we finally figured out that part of it was because, you know, he's from Canada. He had a bunch of different um, accounts that were with different Disney properties and they were just starting to do all the merging of the accounts. Oh boy. Got it. Mm -hmm. And so somehow there were like multiple ghost accounts, but because of it, you know, we were all linking to each other so that we could share plans and things. Everybody that linked to Terry like caught the disease. Oh my oh, god. Wow. The poison spread. Right. Got it. Um, and it, it was a mess. And at one point, I mean, I'll never forget, we're standing there in in uh, the contemporary, and you know, they Terry had gone in to talk to um uh the the concierge to help, you know, to get help with getting this figured right. out. At some point, he'd been on the phone with the tech support people for so long, they actually had him come behind the desk at the contemporary, and he was on the computer at the contemporary. Wow. On the phone with the guy on, you know, the the Avengers team, the specialists. (laughs) That's awesome, but crazy. It was a mess. So, you know, it's some of those folks, I think, that are going to run into the biggest tech problems because, you know, they're accounts have accumulated so much cruft over the years that that those you know that's that's where you're going to find problems i'm well, deactivating I, as we speak you yeah. know at, as long as you're on the subject um if you have uh, if you're an old old-time disney veteran and you have moved locations a number of times if you've had several addresses in the last 15 years that causes a problem too i found that one out the hard way just a few days ago so yeah you got to uh, it's one thing to uh, put your new address and contact information in, but you actually have to call Disney to say, Hey, would you delete the rest of this information from my account? Right. <clears throat> or so there's the or trick. Your, the, your you can be proactive. Addresses, old it. phone numbers. Yeah. yeah you, you can be proactive about it. The key is call that tech support phone number that you see at the bottom of the webpage every time you get into My Disney Experience. Call that tech support line and tell them you need help merging accounts. What? What I just found out is the in the app you can now text or chat with cast members. Yes, and it's turned into something very good. They have been amazing. Yeah, it is helpful. It really helped a lot of my customers so far. Cool, yeah. and and they likely could help with account mergers too. Correct. Although they might have to send that off to. Text but they they can they can do the work and say I'm working on it. I'm working on it while someone else is doing it on the yeah. the back end. Right. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Um, so, so you know, be proactive about that kind of thing and and get that in place. Um, 
make sure your payment card information is updated and accurate, right? There's nothing that's going to be more frustrating than realizing at exactly 7 a.m. when you're trying to grab that specific individual lightning lane time that the credit card that you had linked to your account expired and you didn't update it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had something similar to that happen to me at Disneyland when I was trying to get my max pass and I went to do it and, and the credit card that was in my account had expired and there's nothing like trying to scan another credit card (laughs) into their phone (laughs) while the line is moving. Mm -hmm. You're that guy. I was that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do those little things that will save you headaches later. Um, have have you heard any feedback on any of the other sort of ancillary pieces of genie plus that, you know, don't get nearly the, the attention that the lightning lane does. I've seen a lot of positives. Like, I mean, a lot of people have said, this is really nice and it's, you know, it's working well. And props to Disney that the system worked. Like, I'm I'm very impressed that it worked because IT has been a big issue with um, a lot of Disney over the last yeah oh, many yeah. years. Yeah. What so, I, what I've happy. heard positive what I've heard positive feedback about is the augmented reality uh, photos. They're I really cool. the same thing. Yeah. I've I've heard really good feedback about that. Um, If you didn't know, uh, Disney has an Insta account that you can actually go and look at uh, a very limited number of them. Um, But yeah, that's, I've heard really good things about that. There's a whole series of anniversary lenses that I suspect are only going to be available for these first 18 months, you know, during the anniversary celebration, but that are very cool because they, they make it look like you're in the park at different times across history Mm -hmm. in in walt disney world you know and you've got to be standing in the right place to take the picture because it basically does an overlay of the castle to Mm -hmm. make it look like it looked back then but you can even even do the well you can even do the the birthday cake the birthday cake is there and it's really good that was 25 years ago though yeah Yeah. the 25th yeah yeah um I, i also noticed that um you know if you if you look in um if you purchase Genie Plus, you can look and see, and it shows you the little icons to show you where all the um, the audio mm-hmm. components are. Um, and I, I was pleasantly surprised by the number of them that are available. Um, There's some really good locations, too. Yeah. I mean, you go inside the castle, and they talk about the mosaics. That's uh-huh. impressive. Yeah, and I count, uh, it looks to I me like. I would find that really interesting. Eight mm-hmm. of those spots in Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Yeah, give me you know, give me the behind the scenes information that I'm not otherwise going to get. That I, that's great stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. Like we've been enough where we want to see those things, mm-hmm. and we don't need to ride rides to ride rides to ride rides. Like we exactly show me something that we haven't seen. You know, it's. I mean, it looks like an Epcot. It looks like they've got one for every country in World Showcase. There's there are that's nine amazing. That's great. All around World Showcase. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, seven in uh, in in Hollywood Studios. That's a lot. And six in Animal Kingdom. So there's huh. at least a half dozen in every park. Um, and, you know, up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten in Magic Kingdom. Nice. So, you know, it, it's a, a little thing, but it's a nice value add. No, but that's something that's really cool. And that adds something when you need downtime mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and it's just, it enhances the experience, right? It just gives you a little something extra that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. And so here's a spot that I've walked past a million times, but now there's a little audio piece to tell me a little bit of something about it. That to, to me, that's, that's cool. I, can I mean, how many that. times have you walked through the castle? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I've, Never, stopped I mean, I've looked at the mosaic, at the mosaic. a couple of times, mm-hmm. but right. you know, I would, I would love to hear a little more detail. Yeah. I don't and know the how story they behind did it. it. Yeah. Right. Well, Aaron, we looked at the mosaics at um, Riviera. Oh, yeah. God, they're out of this world. But if you imagine the artist telling you mm-hmm. how they did it, it sure. would be mind-blowing. Or the mosaic at the land in Epcot. Have you, are you aware yeah, of this one? Yeah, that one's cool, too. Very cool. Yeah. Now, I don't see an audio piece for that. Looks like in Epcot right now, at least, they're all in World Showcase. Yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they add more. Oh, they totally should. What we now call Future World. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in the midst of rebranding Future World. Right. It's going to all be the the different. um, Now it's going to be Slugfest World. (laughs) You know, World Celebration and World Nature and, you know, all of that. So I I suspect that we may get some of those sort of once the construction there progresses a bit more. Um, Now, um, let's see. I think that covers most of what I wanted to talk about. Um, and anything else that you guys were seeing, you know, questions that people had or um, answers to questions that we weren't sure of last time? One thing I would bring up is Go ahead. many people are buying this. Just be prepared that things are going to sell out. Like Rise sold out very fast it's going to sell out for a long time because it's the newest ride for many people. Remy is a new ride, but it's still just a copy and paste of it's something. not rise. Well, right. and, and more than that, it, it's a dark ride. You right. Know, mm-hmm. yeah. Rise is, is designed and built as a headliner. Correct. The, the only time I see that actually uh, getting any relief is not until Cosmic Rewind and Tron come online. That's when you're finally going to get some relief there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, too, it's too impressive. Well, too the throughput deep. is too low. Yeah. Well, that, that's Part the of it is, it, it, you know, there's only so much they can do to increase the capacity there. And, and the through, throughput just, when it goes down is even worse. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um but that's a good point. And, and um, I think that, that similarly, um, you know, keep in mind, individual lightning lanes will sell out. Genie plus will never sell out. Never sell no, out. Right? It will not. Now there may not be any more attractions available or any more slots in the attraction you want available by the time you buy it, but that won't happen, you know, immediately. That'll happen as the day goes on. Well, so, it's the same as FastPass used to they'd be like, there's yeah. no more FastPasses at five o'clock. And the reason that that's worth mentioning is that if you don't have Genie Plus for the length of your stay and you're having to decide, you know, what priority to do things in at 7 a.m. when you're on property and you can do all of these things at once at 7 a.m., right? You can mm-hmm. you can purchase individual lightning lane selections. You can get in a, uh, a virtual queue and you can... Uh, buy Genie Plus and make Start your first those Genie yeah. Plus. You know, fa- you can pull your first Lightning Lane. Yep. Um, all four of those things can be done at the same time. 
So if you have those things, maybe we should just do a round robin here, what people think, but what would your priorities be? If you, if you, for a particular day, wanted all four of those things, right? What would you do in what order? That's a great question. That's a hard question because Genie Plus is a great value at $15, I think, now that I've seen how good it is. But individuals, depends on what park you're going to. Exactly. That was the point I was going to make, too. Whether I'm 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 doing Genie Plus or doing the the individual Lightning Lane. I mean, if I'm going to Epcot, I'll I'll just do the um, virtual queue, do the Remy or... And then if I don't get on anything else, I'll just, you know, hang out in World Showcase. Okay, but but what I'm saying is assume that on this given morning you, you need to do all four things. Uh, what order are you going to do them in? Hmm. Mm. No, that's more challenging. Right. What I would think, you do, Aaron? Well, yeah. here's the thing I'm going to say first. Assuming I'm staying on property. I'm going to make it so that I only have to do three things instead of four, because if I'm on property, I can buy Genie Plus for the day anytime after midnight. Correct. So yep. since I'm always up late anyway, right? We're I'm all buy up my Genie late. Plus for the next day, right after midnight. So that yep. one's out of the way. So I've got three things left to do. I can. I need to make an individual lightning lane. I need to get in a virtual queue, and I need to um, uh, make my first Genie Plus selection. So. I am going to, assuming, let's assume we're doing the most popular thing. So the virtual queue right now, there's only one virtual queue. Yep. Right? Remy. That's Remy. So we're going to assume that I'm doing Remy. Now, if I'm doing Remy, that also means that when it comes to my individual lightning lane, either I'm buying one in Epcot, or if I'm buying one somewhere else, I only have a limited time frame to do it, right? Because I've, yep. I've got to get one between 2 p.m. and, and park close. Because I can't, I can't right. do it until after can't hop. hopping time. Right. Yep. So with that being the case, I'm going to get my, um, oh, that adds an interesting piece to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to gamble because I'm a gambling man. Nice. I'm going to get my individual lightning lane first because that's the one that might be completely gone, might sell out and. I want control over when it is. So I'm getting my individual lightning lane first. As soon as I have my individual lightning lane, then I'm going to go to the virtual queue. And I'm going to do that because I'm hoping that my virtual queue time has been pushed later. Further out. Right. So you're looking for like a one o'clock or two o'clock. Exactly. I want to do that and then hop right afterwards, basically. Um, And then... The, the third thing is I'm going to go ahead and pull that first uh, Genie Plus Fast Pass or first Lightning Lane for Genie Plus because, frankly, those aren't going to run out. No, so, they're not going to run out. And, and I'm not even going to get to use it for a couple hours. The only reason I'm grabbing it now is because that means that I'm going to use up my 120 minutes that allows me to pull another one. Oh, pull another one, right, right. So that's me. That's how I'm going to do it. That's a lot. That's a lot of a day it, between midnight and 7 a.m. Yep. while you're on vacation. Well, mm-hmm. but th- the only thing I'm doing between midnight and 7 a.m. is buying my Gene Plus. Right. But but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you've walked around for 12, 14 miles. Oh, yeah. Your body's exhausted. 
Right. And now and you're I'm going to hop there. on at 7 a.m. Right. and do those, those other three things. Exactly. <laughs> Not While Tim. Tim's still in bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I will wake up to do this stuff and then I'll go right back to sleep. <laughs> that's right. what I'll do. <laughs> and that's why Tim's going to do his individual lightning lane first. Yep. Because he has to make sure that he buys one that's available after he finally wakes up. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, uh, it's like we've talked about before. There are certain things like Slinky Dog that are better at night than they are during the day. And I want to be able to make that time selection because I know I'm going to be there later at night. Right. Right. You don't care about riding Slinky Dog at 9 a.m. Nope. Nope. If you I'll leave ride that it, for you the, ride it. And I'll leave that just... for them, the, the commando people. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean what they're wearing. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Commando mode. Uh, and that's, and we've talked about it a lot. Right. You know, the, the, those, the people that have got to ride everything, even if it doesn't even interest them. Um, yeah. They, they can have that. I will, I will take them the eight o'clock, well, depending on what time Hollywood studios closes, but yeah, I'll, I'll take that, that late individual lightning lane selection. And then I'll, now, one, then I'll get one, my virtual. Cue. One thing, one thing I want to mention here. Um, you know, if you're using my strategy, right, and you're grabbing your individual lightning lane first, and then you're going to get in the virtual queue, you have to be prepared for the possibility that the virtual queue is filled by the time you get back to it. That is true. The If that's the case, though, you remember you can get a second individual lightning lane, and it doesn't have to be in the same park. Right. right. But then I have to have park hoppers, which I may or may not Which have. I already had to have based on what I was doing before. What he was already right. doing. Exactly. Um. Right. Or be willing to stand in a line. Exactly. Right. Um, so to me, I mean, I, I think just to echo what Willie said, this was about as smooth a rollout as we could have expected. The The number of people talking about it being a disaster is fairly small and seems to be, you know, those people who were individually impacted because something happened to them, which understandably, you know, messed up their day. But I'm not seeing near the volume of those kinds of complaints that we saw when FastPass Plus rolled out. Well, you know, or there when are some dining people, did this or when. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people that are not happy unless they're complaining about something. And Correct. that you're always going to have that. Okay, fine. Great. All right. Wonderful. And there are people complaining have about a nice the cost. Day. And I get that. Yep. You know, that's yep. just, it is. Um, but it's, but it's, it's working as it was supposed to work for the most part. Yeah. And it's like I said, you know, the whole idea here is how can you make best, the best, take the best advantage of the tools. Right. So exactly. You're, so you're not standing in line all over the place. Um, There's some that you don't mind, but if I'm out in the hot sun, I'm not going to like that. I'm, it, and, and that's going to factor into my decisions too. Is it Pandora where there's trees and there's shade, or is it uh, Remy where you're going to be standing out on the hot sidewalk? Right. Uh, that, I'm sure. going to factor that into my decisions too. Um. And then, uh, you know, so let me ask, you know, maybe as a wrap-up question, you know, this was the first day. What in particular are you going to be watching for over the next, say, you know, two to four weeks? Um, I would even say three months because we have some of the busiest season coming up. Well, that's true. We do. So, so Willie, what is it that you're going to be especially focused on for these next, you know, the, the first quarter or so that this rolls out? I'm more concerned about price and how much it's going to vary along with how many individual lightning lanes are they going to sell? 
Okay. Those are good things. So Willie's going to be focused on the price variation for individual lightning lane and how many, if we can get some idea of the scope, right? How many of the individual lightning lane accesses are they going to be selling for each attraction? Because it's going to vary, right? Some attractions mm-hmm. just have bigger capacity than others. Yep. Um, good points. Tim, what about you? Is there something different that you'll be focused on? Yeah, for the short term, I'm going to be looking at what the the price variance is going to be for the individual lightning lane selections on a Tuesday versus a Friday or Saturday. That's the short term look. Then I'm going to be looking at um, the posted uh, attraction wait times to see how Genie Plus and the individual selections are going to affect the standby time. Right. That to me, that's the biggest thing that I'm going to be watching over the next few months is I'm going to be watching the really sort of two closely related things. I'm going to be watching the Disney posted wait times for standby at all these attractions. And then the the third party data on attraction weights to compare because, you know, we've got preliminary anecdotal evidence that Disney's inflating wait times, but I, I'd like to have a better handle on what the scope of that is, um, how, how frequent it is, whether there are particular attractions that it's happening at as opposed to, to others. I mean, traditionally, yeah, how widespread for example, it is, sure. you know, we knew that, that Toy Story Mania was an attraction that they commonly exaggerated wait times on, right? Because it was easy mm-hmm. for them to hide it. They would stack the queue and leave that big empty spot in the middle of the queue. Um, or right when you got the uh, glasses, they just hold you there. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. That's yep. what I'm talking about. That was the spot that would it's yep. called stacking the queue. And they would make it look like the line was longer at the back end when you were trying to decide to get in the line or not. But that's because in the middle there was this big gap. Right. Um, you know, they used to do the same thing at times at um uh Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Right, because haven't the one side or the other, but not right. both. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen them stacking the line as much at, at Space Mountain in a while. Um, but I, I still think they've been exaggerating wait times there. Um, so anyway, I'm going to be watching that data to see, because to me, ultimately that is the thing that'll have the biggest impact on everything else, right? Cause it tells you that the real wait times for standby tell you a lot about the value of both genie plus mm-hmm. and the individual lightning lane selections, yep. the, the, you know, the greater the variation, the greater the advantage you get from using Genie Plus or Lightning Lane uh, individual selections, the more valuable they are. Yep. And Disney, if you're listening to this, La Cava, Lightning Lane, please. Thank you. <laughs> it would I be the most expensive listening. Lightning Lane and people would pay it. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, there I were 200 people there on Saturday. But yep. I, mean, I would pay it. If it was 15, if it was 25, I'd pay it. All right. So here's our sign-off yeah, question. Anyway, if, I think it'd be more than you'd pay it to. If you, if you could have one dining or lounge, one or the other, dining or lounge location in each park, right, that Disney added a $20 per person standard lightning lane, what location would it be in each park? In each park. Right. One in each park. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really tough because obviously Magic Kingdom, you have nowhere to go except the restaurants. Right. 
So I would yeah. go to Jungle Skipper's Canteen there because they have a great selection of beer. Um, and where are you going to Magic Kingdom? Same. Jungle Skipper's Canteen. Yep. The, Absolutely. Call, I think I might go with Be Our Guest. I'm, just not, I'm not drinking wine anymore, so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably drink wine again, but I haven't drank it in two years, so. Well, I just, I like the variety of the menu at, uh, at the Skipper's Canteen. Me too. That's true, too. All right, so we got Magic Kingdom. That was kind of the hardest one because they don't have as many options. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the next one, in, in some ways, is harder for the opposite reason because it's got so many options. But what about Epcot? <laughs> we have to even ask I, Tim. I mean, even that's going to say you need right. to ask me because I'll right. be sitting in La Cava having right. my margaritas. You'll be there my chips and salsa and queso and guacamole, right. and I can do that for hours. I have no issue with that. <laughs> All right. So, Tim, you're going to follow him to La Cava or uh, someplace else, your siren song? Willie. He's Willie. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> have another drink of that beer. I was going to say, let, yeah. let me have some more of this tiki wine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, going to I'm gonna surprise you, but I'm going to go to um, England. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you are going to say Rosen You're going to go to the bar. Rosen, Rosen Crown. And I love standing in that bar and just hanging out. And it's just so much fun. They have so many great beers to choose from. And right. well, that's a good choice. I, I think I'm probably with Tim at La Cava. Um, the one thing that's close, though, is uh, uh, is is Tuto Gusto. In, oh, uh, yeah. in Italy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah we've had good their time. Wine flights and, and, you know, their little kind of small plate appetizer things are, are really tasty. They're really good. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one up is, is, I think in some ways, maybe the, the most interesting because it has the most good choices really for this. And that's Hollywood studios. Yeah. That's a tough one. Mm. assuming all dining locations are open right of course yeah mm-hmm. i mean for me i actually think they need it here and i think it's Oga's canteen yes i second that you know, i was because I was maybe good. if you go to a paid system mm-hmm. like that then you don't have to have people getting hustled out of there after 45 minutes right i'm paying for it man i'm gonna sit there and enjoy it drink those fuzzy tauntauns until i can't feel my entire body <laughs> Anybody That's, that doesn't know what the fuzzy tauntaun is, they use a, a, a derivative of a flower called the buzz button to put a foam on top of the drink that makes your lips tingle. Okay. Oh. But they're tasty. They're really tasty. I like them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I love sitting at the uh, Brown Derby outside bar. See, I thought of that. That was a really close second for me, too. And but then there's Baseline Tap House. Baseline Tap House mm-hmm. is... no. See, but I, I'm a beer guy. See, and I'm not a beer guy. So right. So and there you go. You've got the fantastic bartenders at at the Tune In Lounge. Tune In Lounge, yes. right? I'll tell you where the great bartenders were, and that is at uh, High Octane, and that's not there anymore. High Octane, man, yeah. those guys made some good drinks. But the thing with Baseline Tap House is, you can also sneak in some good food, right? Pretzels and charcuterie beer. board. Oh, okay. They got a uh, really okay. good, really good. I know you don't drink beer, but they have booze for you. Well, I I drink beer to a limited extent. Right, right, but right. But they have they have alcohol there. So I'm trying to remember the last time I was there, it didn't seem like they did. But 
Yeah. I wasn't paying that much attention. Right. They've only got a, they've got a, a small cocktail. A slim, a slim selection. Beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what, what would it be, Willie? You got to choose. Baseline tap house. <laughs> right? I love brown derby. I love brown derby. I know, I know. it's good. And the martini, the, the martini flight is really good. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh my god. Um, yeah, it. I, I I think it's because baseline tap house is outside, and I like to be in the sun, drinking a beer, hanging out. Not and Tim doesn't want to do that. I don't want to be in the sun. He wants to I, I fry like a chicken. And so do I. <laughs> But I, I got to get my base burn. Interestingly enough, my son has gotten me into ciders. Now, they're very much akin to beer. But right. I'm, I'm liking ciders. If they had more cider offerings, I, I might might be persuaded. I'm sure they're coming. All right. Meanwhile, Tim, you've dithered away. But what's your choice? Where are you going to go? August. Yep. It's going to be August. August. Yeah. Right. So Tim's on board with Ogus, and yep. then uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom is there. Is you know there are a few fewer choices here, but but a couple of of I think pretty solid contenders. Um, you know w- where do you go if you you know pay twenty <laughs> bucks to guarantee a spot? Wow, you know it's never really that hard to get a place at the Dawa Bar. Let, let me let me tweak it just a little bit to make it mm-hmm. a little more interesting. Yes, this is you. You're paying for individual lightning lane like access, so this is the only way to get access to the sunrise cocktail menu. Ooh, that's a twist. That's a twist. Now, huh? That's hard. That is hard. Yes. Yeah. Where but, would you go, Aaron? Because yeah. I'm conflicted. I love the sunrise cocktail menu. And if this meant I could have the sunrise cocktail menu back, I would probably take it. The advantage to Nomad Lounge instead is the time flexibility. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the sunrise cocktail menu is you also want to do the safari in the morning. Correct. Because, you know, you don't want to let it get too hot and the animals get mm-hmm. lethargic. So, right. Right. you know, that makes it a little challenging. But uh, if it meant that I got the Sunrise cocktail menu back, I'm choosing Dawa Bar. See, and I, I, I don't know. I, I like Nomad Lounge so much. Because you just sit outside, relax. And, and they do have good drinks. I mean, I love they have their great drinks. drinks. But I also like um, where what, what's the beer right outside of Flight of Passage? Flight of Passage. Um, oh right, um, the green beer, and they have all the yeah. It's it's not bubbles on top of the. It's the little stand next. Yeah, to the it. that that place is really good too. I mean, the food inside doesn't have chicken nuggets, so I have to avoid that place. <laughs> and they have like cheeseburger. <laughs> Bendovers or whatever. <laughs> That's squeeze overs <laughs> with a bunch of onions and peas. And I mean, I like peas, but you know. In any case. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going to go in Animal Kingdom, Tim? I'm going to surprise you guys. Um, I would actually do uh, Yak and Yeti because that's, 
that's kind of a hard ticket to get sometimes. And uh, when I have made reservations there, it's always going to be either really early or really late. Uh, that sucker fills up in a hurry. So if I can get a, a lightning lane to, uh, to sit down and have a nice dinner at, at Yak and Yeti, I think that's where I'm going to go it. Go with it. All right. Interesting choice. So, Willie, did you figure it out? Yeah, I think I'm going to do Nomad Lounge. All right. Fair enough. Only because I love the location. Yeah, it is a great location. And, the, and you're right. The, the comfy chairs in the on the on the little veranda the there. porch is just so nice. Um, all right. If there's a breeze, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So you all have heard our take on the first day of Genie Plus rollout and Genie rollout. Um, were you in the parks today? Are you in the parks later this week? Uh, we'd love to hear some more feedback from people who really experienced it firsthand. Um, you know, really both from people who chose to use these or people who didn't, right? Who, who went ahead and rode standby while other people were paying the extra money and what was your experience like um, how did it affect your experience in the parks you could email us about that at, uh, at podcast at disdads.com you can reach out to us on facebook at facebook.com slash disdads podcast on twitter at twitter.com slash that with me again disdads podcast podcast uh or if you wanted to you know get in touch with us individually and tell him to just get over his obsession with Wakava. you could do that <laughs> by happen. emailing him at tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com and if you want to encourage Willie to God's sakes eat something besides chicken nuggets do that by emailing Willie at wickedmousetravel.com and Toledo is calling my name just so you know and I'm going there <laughs> you want to hear about it too Oh, you're you going to hear about it. You can email me uh, at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at mousemastertravel.com. Uh, until next time, we've had a lot of fun with you. Hey, if you've got a minute, if you could just hop on to uh, Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, it makes it a lot easier for other people to find the show and allows the listener base to grow. Um, and one last pitch here, you know, Diz Dad's Club Convention 10 is right around the corner. It's coming up soon. Be here before you know it at the beginning of January. If you haven't already gotten yourself set up to join in fun, there's still time to do that. Um, reach out to us. Uh, any of the ways we told you to contact us, we'll get you connected. Uh, I think there's even still some room in the off-site uh, Diz Dad's Clubhouse. Um, love to see you there so until next time i've been your host aaron rickmaster with my co-hosts willie crocker have a wicked wild night and tim hicks we'll see you real soon nice job that was fun that was good yeah i didn't know if we'd have all that much to talk about but we certainly did hour and a half yeah I don't play that thing, man. I got to keep on. I don't play that thing, man. I got to keep on. I don't play that thing, man.